Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is the company that truly values their employees. Apply online at Beliciofoods.com careers. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street TV Morning Show. I am once again not Jennifer Ratcliffe, but I am joined by the news hound Jeremiah Schaefer and the man, the myth, the legend, Pete Wilson. All right. How are you, gentlemen? Well, you are so lucky, aren't you? I know, right? <laughs> we are all lucky. We're here, right? We are, we are. We are still here. Right. Purveyors and conveyors of information. Yes. Very good. So before we get into anything else... Big news this morning. Oak Hill schools closed kind of surprise last minute. Jeremiah, do we have any updates on that yet? No, we don't have any updates yet. Um, the only information that we have received is that the Oak Hill Union Local School District has closed due to a safety concern. Um, I have been in touch with Oak Hill Superintendent Jason Mantel. Um, he has messaged me back and said that he will be giving me a call uh, later today or at All some right. point today. Good deal. So be watching uh be listening to the radio. I'm sure we'll have an update on there at some point and watch the telegramnews.com. Yeah. Okay. And the school was to be in session today. I think there's a waiver day where uh, the students weren't in yes. school later this week on Wednesday. So don't confuse that with this. Uh, but we noticed that on the Facebook post, which was the first uh, information put out by the Oak Hill schools, it was actually very late last night, like 11, 1130 p.m is the way it looked like to me. And of course, most people just found out this morning that that had, had occurred. Jeremiah uh, heard about it very early and we got it out uh, you know, on our media website, Facebook, et cetera. It also does affect the Oak Hill students who attend Buckeye Hills Career Center. Um, uh, so the busing or whatever was affected there or Oak Hill uh, did not want you know, part of their students to go to school uh, even though it was at the vocational school. So once again, as soon as we hear more details on that, on, you know, why the schools were closed and what's going on, uh, we will certainly let you know. But once again, all that we were told was and all the public's being told at this point is it's due to a safety related issue. And I will say on a programming note kind of related to this, the new Oak Hill superintendent, Jason Mantell, is supposed to be our guest on the show tomorrow. Uh, that was already planned prior to this. So hopefully that still happens because again we don't we don't know what the safety concern is but hopefully he will be here tomorrow and can maybe shed some light on this and other stuff going on in the school district okay all right, all right. Well, very good yep well guys what the heck else is going on okay well uh, i'm going to turn it over to jeremiah in just a second because he was uh, our main man at the Wellston Ohilco Ohio Festival. Hill Country Festival with Ohilco being the acronym. Yep. So uh, you know, if you ever know what an Ohilco is, it's it's an amalgamation of Ohio mm -hmm. Hill Country Festival. So anyway, it occurred Wednesday through Saturday. Saturday was the big finale day. Uh, Red Thompson Jr. was there early. Uh, Jeremiah Shaver was on the back end, and Jeremiah, as he always does, does great coverage. 
uh, gave us uh, some video coverage and some still pictures as well. So did Red. So we'll go through those right now. Jeremiah, take the baton. Sure. So I, I got up there uh, Saturday evening. We had the hometown parade. Uh, it lasted about 40 minutes or so. I thought you were going to say four hours. <laughs> no, I was going to say, no. oh, my gosh. No, not four hours. <laughs> it, was about, it was about 40 minutes or so, give or take. Um, I was near the start of the parade this time uh -huh. on Pennsylvania Avenue. Did have a little bit of uh, a little bit of a drizzle, but it didn't last very long. Uh -huh. um, it felt like it was uh, well attended. There was a big crowd out on Pennsylvania Avenue where I was at watching the parade. And uh, following that, you had Nashville Crush on the main stage. And then the evening closed out with the crowning of the 2023 Queen 23. and Court. 2023. What, what year is it? It's 2022. But they crowned the... But they crowned the 2023 at the okay. close of the festival. Okay. So these girls will start serving as of when they got crowned. One year from today? And they'll start serving now through oh. next year's end. festival. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. They're always like a year ahead. So gotcha. the, the court that served through this festival was crowned at the okay. end of last year's festival. Okay. So and they were in the spotlight this festival right. and they hosted the, the Queen's, Queen's Key event that they did. Yeah. And, and all. And now, you know, they have tossed the baton right. to the new royalty. To the new court. And they look like they had a big crowd. I wasn't at the Queen luncheon. I think Red maybe covered that. But based on the number of royalty that came through the parade, there was a big crowd for and Dylan, that. I think we have a photo from the Queen's luncheon, don't we? Hey, Lindsay, how are you? I appreciate that. I hope I was made for something more than this, but I'll do what I can. Yeah, so these are the 2022 queens, right? Yes. Yeah, that's um, that would be Queen, is it Chloe Wilbur? Right, in the middle there. In the middle there. And then um, off to the... Yeah, what are what are in those uh, empty green bottles they've been... I'm guessing uh, that's, that's ski. <laughs> has to be skiing. Well, that is oh, Okay, that makes more sense. And then you have uh, Olivia Haggerty. She was the first attendant. She is on the right. And then... Um, Haley Goheen. Yes, Goheen is the second attendant there on the left. Right. But that's uh, the ladies at the luncheon. But nice. it, but uh, overall... The, so Red covered the luncheon. He was is, that, the, is that a coincidence? Um, well, <laughs> I, mean, he, I assigned it to him. It didn't, okay. ma it didn't matter whether there was food involved or not. Right. Red would have been there. And he, he made his round. So as always, so he I, did the job. I do have to ask this, uh, Jeremiah, because I was in... I covered an event in MacArthur week before last. And I lost count of how many people asked me where Red was. <laughs> Where's Red? So while you were down there, when he wasn't down there, how many times did you have somebody ask you where Red was? I, I didn't have anybody stop and ask where Red was. <laughs> Dude, it happened so they, many times. They saw him me. earlier. They, they saw, saw him earlier in the right. day. They knew where Red was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe, did, maybe you didn't have like a total. Did you have a total media shirt on? I did. Yeah. All right. I, I think. Yeah, I, I always think, try to wear that when I go out yeah. to the festivals and fairs. And I stuff. feel like I feel like that is the uh, people see that and like, well, where's Red? Where's Red? <laughs> That's it. So uh, I think uh, that. Pretty much wrapped up the festival okay. for Saturday. We we do have a video that I put together, kind of recapping everything to give you guys a visual for those watching the show this morning. Awesome, so, Dylan, you'll... you got that video for us. Dylan's figuring stuff out, guys. Is it the Isaac one? No, it should be one labeled a, video. There, it's a video. It's not a photo. It says video. Yeah, it should say like Ohilco wrap up or something like that. Should have been towards the top of your list there. Let me come look at it for you, 
Hello, I'm Jeremiah Shaver, multimedia journalist for The Telegram, bringing you guys a final report from up here at the 2022 Wellston Hillco Festival. Let's go ahead and get right into it. The 2022 Wellston Ohio Hill Country Festival, better known as the Ohilco Festival, wrapped up on Saturday, September 10th with Queen's Day, presented by Adena Health Systems. As you can tell, there was a big crowd up at the festival on Saturday evening. Saturday evening, the festival featured the Ohio Hill Country Grand Finale Parade. Musical entertainment by Nashville Crush on the VFW stage. And of course, the festivities wrapped up around 10.30 p.m. with the crowning of the 2023 Ohio Hill Country Royalty. And we cannot forget all the rides available this year. The 2022 Wellston Hilco Festival Royalty are shown having a little fun with the 2023 Wellston Hilco finalists prior to the announcement of the crowning. Pictured are the 2023 Little Miss Wellston Hilco Festival Royalty. In the center is Sophie Smith, who was named Queen. On the left is Kennedy Smith, who was named first attendant, and on the right is Catherine Mannering, who was named second attendant. Shown here is the 2023 Junior Miss Wilson Hilco Festival Royalty. Shown in the center is Emma Spridlin, who was named the Junior Miss Queen. On the left is Adeline Kuhn, who was named first attendant. And on the right is Lily Swartz, who was named second attendant. Pictured here are your 2023 Miss Wellston Hilco Festival Royalty. In the center there, that is Emily Scott, who was named Queen. On the left was Kaylin Bowman. She was named first attendant. And on the right, that is Caitlin Bright. She was named second attendant. All right, go ahead and introduce yourselves for the first time. My name is Emily Scott, and I'm your 2023 Big Miss Hilco Queen. Hi, I'm Kylan Bowman. I'm your 2023 Big Miss Ohilco first attendant. Hi, I'm Caitlin Bright, and I'm your 2023 Big Miss Ohilco second attendant. All right. Well, Jeremiah, thanks for that video. You were saying off the air how good the rides look this year. Yeah, they, they I think they had a new ride company up there yeah, this year, and it, did. it just felt like it uh, filled out the festival there. Um, all the rides were along Ohio Avenue there. Um, had the big Ferris wheel set up in the center of Ohio and First Street there in the intersection. And uh, they had a lot of the food um, coming down First Street into Railroad Avenue. And then you had the stages there on Railroad mm-hmm. Avenue. And it's just just the way that they've read I mean, they, they moved the festival around a couple of years ago, but it just seemed like this year it just felt bigger and better and just 
Um, overall, the crowd Saturday evening, um, I have pictures that you'll see in a future edition of the Telegram here. It just felt like um, I should have. Well, you you saw in the video there. It just uh, there was just people upon people. Yeah. There yeah, Saturday looked, evening after as, the parade. Yeah, and, I mean it was looking like the Apple Festival or any of these other big. Yeah. So they must really kudos, be going. Yeah, really. Kudos to the Ohio, Ohio Hilco Society yeah. for uh, for a great twenty twenty two Wellston. Hillgate Festival. Right. It really came together well. And Jeremiah, you were telling me I was out of town Saturday, not all that far away. I had rain where I was. And I asked about the rain in Wellston, and there was some, and that did not keep the people from coming yeah, out. Yeah, so, they were still out. Um, so it was just kind of a, just a drizzle, great. a little bit of a steady drizzle there towards the end when they were doing the crowning. But uh, overall, it kind of held off, especially during the parade. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of a hit and miss, just like a light. Missed. I mean, mm-hmm. I had my umbrellas and stuff with me just to kind of keep my equipment dry, but um, for the most part, nobody put umbrellas up while they were watching the parade. Right. So I was kind of in my own little area there with that. But yeah, I wish we had the picture of your little umbrella set up. Yeah, that my my uh, last minute. I, I so I had a couple masks in the car, like uh-huh. paper mask, and I tore the. I tore the you elastic. Used little elastic. <laughs> I used the elastic from the mask to tie that umbrella <laughs> up to my tripod. Um, you can funny. view that picture. It's on my Facebook That's page, funny. but. So off topic, while we were watching that video, you got a press relief release from the Vinton County Sheriff's Office. Uh, that is from the Jackson. It's from the Jackson Post of the High State Highway, Highway Patrol. Patrol. Um, they sent out a press release on a fatal crash that occurred on State Route 93 in Vinton County. Um, it occurred yesterday, Sunday, September 11th. Uh, it says that they responded to a one vehicle crash on State Route 93 in. Uh, Clinton Township in Vinton County. That would be near Hamden. Near Hamden. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crash occurred at 3.30 p.m. And it says a Randy Christ. Randy Christ. Christ, I believe that's how you'd say that. Uh, age 51 of Lancaster was traveling north on State Route 93. Uh, he was driving a 2008 Mercury Marina. It says the vehicle he was operating across the center line went off the left side of State Route 93. Vehicle struck a driveway culvert, went airbound prior to rolling several times and coming to rest on its wheels. He was not wearing a seatbelt and was ejected at the time of the crash. Um, Where's your seatbelt, guys? Yeah. <laughs> he was transported. There's been a lot of a lot of crashes on, you know, where people hasn't been wearing seatbelts here lately and have been ejected. Yeah. Um, he was transported by Vinton County MS to Holzer Medical Center in Jackson, where he was pronounced deceased. And uh, like we just said, the patrol reminds all motorists to wear their seatbelts seat each belt? and every time. And avoid driving distracted. And that's uh, all the information that they have put out. Wear your seatbelt. Okay. Jeremiah, thanks for sharing that. Uh, Do you have anything else for us before we let you get out of here? I don't think I have anything else. Yeah. So we'll turn it over to Pete here. And I know, like he said, Red was up at the Hilco, so he has some uh, Hilco. And we'll go over a little little bit more on on the Hilco. From Saturday afternoon. Then we'll turn to the... Other news, the rest of the world did go on. We have some other information to report. Very good. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Jeremiah. As always, appreciate it. All right. Well, James, uh, one of the things that happens at uh, all the festivals, including the Ohilco, there's a lot of things uh, uh, where there's competitions, games, contests, displays, whatever. And we do have some of those results that we can uh, pass along. And, of course, we'll have them listed uh, in in the newspaper as well on the website. Uh, in the grand finale parade, which was about a 45-minute deal, okay, um, 
There were several not categories. Four hours. No, not four hours. In several categories of competition, uh, in the float category, first place went to the Hawking County Fallen Heroes. That is a, a military yeah, float. That has the the names of all the military wounded and deceased. Right, right? from yeah. Hawking County. Right. It, that always attracts attention mm-hmm. and gets applause yes. on the parade routes. Second place went to Bundy Elementary. They have uh, had a great reputation for outstanding floats uh, in you know, Hilco Festival and the Apple Festival, award-winning floats. Second place this year at the Hilco Festival. And third place went to the Grace Baptist Church, uh, which is in Wellston. In the Baton core category, Eclipse was first and the Show Dolls was second. And in the marching band category, the Christian Life Academy Band, that's under the direction of Paul Hogue, who lives here in Jackson, that was first place. Second place went to Clay High School, which is out of Scioto County. In the motorcycle and car show, the Black Diamond Masonic Lodge does this, and my guess is that they had a good turnout again. Uh, Greg Stevens won the Hector Preston Award. I think we've got some pictures from the car show, Dylan. Okay, Greg Stevens won the Hector Preston Award. If you can find that one, Dylan, there you go. Uh, That's a look at uh, Mr. Stevens as well as his award-winning vehicle. And then on the um, People's Choice Award, the winner was well-known Wellston resident Tom Clark. And uh, when you see the picture on this, it will jump out right at you because it's about as pink as you can get. That's pretty Uh, sweet. A pink jalopy. You can understand why it won People's Choice. It certainly attracted attention. Uh, Tom uh, runs a, a mechanic's business he looks there like in Wilson, a mechanic right got the coveralls and everything yeah. was on Wilson City Council for quite some time uh, served the city that way as well looks and like he left his keys laying on top of it, he, it was, uh, there, <laughs> yeah, well he's right there so he, no one's going to get him and then the top and then the other top award uh, was um, let's see that would be the do we have it there Dylan yeah, the, I think there's another car we, show. We photo. had the Hector have... Preston Award. Uh, maybe there's not another. What one. What is this one, Dylan? Uh, it just says Hector. Hector Preston. That's the Hector Preston. That's the one we showed you before. Um, there was one other, but I don't well, have well, a list here. What was here. the third? What was the first photo you showed, Dylan? You must. I think you showed them out of order. Yeah, I, I showed Mason. The first car show. Yeah, this one. Oh, the Masonic Lodge Award. The Masonic there Lodge Award was the other one. Okay. Okay. And uh, I don't have that name, though, but, th- but that was the third major award at the car show, the Masonic Lodge Award. Also, Tammy Searless uh, won the American Legion Post Raffle. That was a very valuable prize, 100 pounds of select beef. That's worth oh. a lot of money these days. In the quilt show, Vicki Holzapple of Wellston won the best of show and the People's Choice with two different pieces. So, uh she was very much in the spotlight there. And, of course, they do judge the boost there at the Ohilco Festival. And uh, the winners were the Jackson County Health Department first place, Make Wellston Beautiful second place, and third place went to H&R Block. So congratulations now, to them. Yep. It, it sounds like it was a wonderful participation. Yeah. And uh, also, we'll turn to some other news now. Okay. A very nice event. We talked about this uh, when we uh, when we uh, were on the air on Main Street TV on Friday, and that was uh, the 9-11 Remembrance Program at Wyman mm-hmm. Park in MacArthur. Here is one of the pictures from that. Uh, to the left, that group standing there, looks like they're all in the same yeah. T-shirts. Those are, those are MacArthur Fire Department okay. members. They were one of the ones who volunteered their time to come out and do service work at the park. Wyman Park 
is the village-owned park in MacArthur. The man standing alone to the right is Tom McManus. Okay. He's the former uh, school board president in Vinton County, no longer on the school board, but still very active in the community. He was the one who gave uh, a few remarks when they dedicated a new 9-11 Remembrance Monument, and you can see it, that monument there, right at the base of the flagpole. We'll show you, not on TV today, but in the paper, we'll have a close-up of that monument, but it's a very nice granite monument, and according to the organizers, which is the Vinton County Cares Service Group, this is the first and only 9-11 Remembrance Monument that they know of in the county. That was one of the reasons they wanted to do it. Okay. Of course, Sunday was 9-11, the yes, 21st anniversary of the attack. You remembered. Uh, of the attack on America. Everybody knows where they were if they're if they're at least uh, 25 years old. Yeah. If you were four, you probably remember where you were then. So uh, that was a very nice event up there. It doubled, uh, served two purposes, uh, remembering 911 and a tangible memorial now in place. Uh, that, that was done. But also it was a service day at the park through the Vinton County Cares Group, which is supported and kind of like under the umbrella of VISTA, which is a national service group where the idea is volunteers that serve the community mm -hmm. in these different communities. And they did different work in the park. Uh, they installed some benches. They did some weeding uh, and uh, they trimmed some bushes. All, all in all, they made the park look better. They had planned to work, uh, James, about five hours. They ended up staying about Six and a half hours. So even longer than that parade in Wellston. Right, right. And uh, I know that there was a little bit of rain during the day, and that did not yeah. hamper them. I think the United Way of Vinton County was uh, nice enough uh, and generous enough to... United Fund. United Fund to supply a uh, a lunch, a free lunch <laughs> nice. there for all the participants. And so, and then anybody could come out, but the main partners were the Vinton County Cares, the organizer. Melissa Hammond was the spearhead there. Lisa Graves uh, was the, the main representative from the park board. Uh, Jerry Ann Bentley from the Vinton County Health Department. They've done a lot of good work in the park. They've secured grants for park improvements. And then, of course, the MacArthur Fire Department uh, supplied some manpower. And that's something that, you know, I think that they wanted to support because of the 9-11, the connection with the uh, firefighters in New York City, many of whom uh, died or were injured in that attack on America. So we're going to have some coverage in our Wednesday paper on this uh, wonderful activity that they had in Vinton County. Bottom line, it was all volunteers making their community uh, better. Wonderful. All right. So on the hard news side, uh, James, we received mm -hmm. a report from the Vinton County Sheriff's Office on Friday about a shooting that had occurred the previous weekend. And uh, by the time that they reported this late on Friday afternoon, it was too late for us to get yeah. it in the paper. We do have it online and everything on mm -hmm. our website and on Facebook. But it happened in Zaleski on September 3rd. There was a shooting, and they knew immediately who the suspect was. And it's that lady right there that you see up on the monitor now, Jennifer Norvell, age 34. She, of, she is of Ray. Uh, it was uh, determined that she was the suspect in a shooting that occurred on John Street in the village of Zaleski. For those of you who don't know where Zaleski is, it's up on the northern end of the county, northeast end of the county, near Lake Hope State Park. Anyway, uh, they weren't. She was fled from the scene. They were able to capture her later in the week. Uh, they took her into um, custody on Thursday, last Thursday, 
and she is now uh, in the southeastern Ohio regional jail awaiting uh, the filing of charges. But she is considered to be the suspect uh, in this shooting in Zaleski. At this point, the Vinton County Sheriff's Office is not releasing any more information. They did not release the name of the victim or the condition of the victim. Okay. So we don't know how serious it was, yeah. but, you know, a shooting nonetheless. And that is a story that we will be certainly following here uh, as we wait for news to unfold there. All right. Uh, Colf- or rather, the Ohilco Festival in the books in Wellston. Yeah. We've got a week's break, and then we go okay. right into the Apple Festival. Dylan, can you maybe switch us back to the main camera now? There we go. All right. On the Apple Festival, this is going to be such a big deal because, you know, in the downtown area, so many people down there. And one of the issues for visitors is parking, of course. Mm-hmm. No, there is on-street parking, but all the on-street parking is lost is because that's where the festival is. Yeah. So the parking there is gets parked up pretty fast. Right. And then I know that they a lot a lot of times the nearby businesses allow their parking lots to be used by the Boy Scouts as a fundraiser. Uh, anyway, parking yeah. is a, a big deal. And there is something that has happened. It really hasn't been illegal, but it's been allowed, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for the most part. And that is in the festival area or just off the festival area where it's close to the festival. We ha- there's businesses and residences that block off the parking spaces by their uh, mm. by their mm-hmm. establishments, their houses, their businesses, right. because you know they need somewhere to park. They, they need they somewhere to park, and they want somewhere yeah. for their customers. Well, uh, Jackson Police Chief Red Hinch has given fair warning. He actually posted this last week. We had it in our paper on Saturday that parking rules will be enforced, and in this case, that means quote, taking a more active approach to streets being illegally blocked off in order to reserve parking on the streets during the time of the Apple Festival. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you see, uh, you know, a sawhorse, uh, you see cones or whatever uh, along on street parking, I'm not talking about, you know, on private property, you know, that's people's own business, mm-hmm. but along the streets or in a public parking area, if somebody is trying to reserve that spot for themselves, you know, it's not going to be uh, allowed by the Jackson so Police even, Department this so year. So even if it is your home and you like that is the only place you can park, like you don't have a driveway, a driveway you can't block a spot for your own car in front of your own house? No, you had better put your vehicle there and leave it there. Yeah. Or something. But of course, a lot of times in the case of the businesses and even residences, they come and go. They have mm-hmm. places to go. They come to and from work or whatever. So, uh, you know, from being around a long time, I know that this is something that's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. Uh, Chief Hinch said this, you don't own it. You don't get to control who may park there. In years past, we've seen cones, chairs, ropes, recycling bins, sawhorses, all manner of ways to block parking spaces in front of houses and businesses with the idea that they can reserve the space for parking. Chief Hinch says this is illegal and this violation will be enforced. If there are street obstructions found, they will be impounded. Citations are possible. There is a section of the of city law that forbids this, uh, forbids anyone placing an obstruction in or upon a street without proper authority. They are actually guilty of a minor misdemeanor. We can't emphasize this enough ahead of time. I think if everybody knows what the rules are, knows what the law is, mm-hmm. Uh, they just they just need to comply. But I can tell you, many times along the way, you have people 
buy their houses or their businesses trying to block spaces. And it's just been hey, accepted before. Them. It's been accepted before. I don't blame them. I'd do it if I was in that situation. Right. And I don't want to park. I don't want to have to park a mile from my house. Right. And, and also, please be mindful not to park in front of driveways. You know, yeah. parking well, is valuable. Do so don't park in an yeah. illegal spot. The right. same rules don't apply. Block a hydrant or you know, yellow like curb, fire hydrants, driveways. Yeah. Do not block do not block anybody in. The Apple Festival, you know, is a great community activity, but you know, you just have to, you know, to put up with some inconveniences. Uh, mm -hmm. and that includes, you know, the parking situation. So it's true. Um, if you want to see specifically about this, you know, you can check, uh, you know, the, you can check uh, our website. Uh, it was also in our Saturday paper, and we'll be posting this on Facebook as well. All right, uh, James, uh, we have to give you the COVID-19 update since we had all those to. crowds at the Ahoko Festival, yeah. the football games, and now the Apple Festival coming up. Uh, it's kind of a good news, bad news uh, uh, situation. The cases are still high throughout the state and in Jackson and Benton counties. But, but we're not number one anymore. We're not number one anymore. We're number eight. We're number eight. We're in number eight. Cases, we're, we're number eight. Relatively speaking, <laughs> we're coming down. And I think in raw numbers, we're coming down okay. as well. Uh, the last uh, post from the Ohio Department of Health said that we were in eighth place instead of first. The week before we were in first, we have in Jackson County 264 uh, actual cases in the past two weeks, dating back from last Thursday. In Vinton County, Vinton County actually moved up from 34th to 11th, but they have 94 actual cases over the two-week period, dating back from last Thursday, two weeks backwards. Uh, the number of actual cases, the health department in Jackson County said 502 new cases in the three-week period between August 14th and September 4th. Now, remember, I said three weeks, so that's 502 over three weeks, not over one week or even two weeks, but that's still an average of what? About 170 cases each week, if it's even each week, and it probably wasn't. In the Vinton County Health Department, they reported 23 active cases uh, in the one-week period uh, from, uh, from uh, August 31st to September the 6th. And so um, I'm seeing also on the hospitalizations, it looks like that there was um, three hospitalizations and only and one new death. So once again, not a lot of serious cases as far as hospitalizations. Yeah, I mean, we did have the one related yeah, death. One, that's one's enough. One, no, one is enough. It's still potentially dangerous. I'm guessing, and it's a guess, you know, because you never know what <clears> the circumstances are because uh, each case is, is, is private as far as all that goes, mm -hmm. but, uh, certainly it is more, uh, uh, getting COVID is more serious. If you have complicating health mm -hmm. issues, a lot of times it's kind of like pneumonia. You seem yeah. to get it when you're already compromised. Yeah. And Hey, if you haven't gotten vaccinated yet do it, I mean, I had, I had a run in last week where I was exposed and had people that I'd been around test positive, never, never tested positive mm -hmm. myself. And I'm. Mm -hmm contributed to getting that vaccine right right Try well doing 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 things to keep your body well it be, is be as healthy as you can it is so strange those immune blockers it is so strange one year to the to the to the next because you know there were a lot of cases coming out of the summer last year and then you know everybody was worried about the schools getting back mm -hmm. uh you had you know restrict restrictions a lot of people wearing masks 
and you have really a lot of cases now and you don't see, you see mm -hmm. very little mask wearing mm -hmm. and you don't hear that much about vaccinations, getting mm -hmm. vaccinations. The health people, uh, federal, state, national, urge you to do it uh, or to get another vaccine or get your first vaccine. Uh, but it just, there doesn't seem to be the same uh, heightened concern and fear mm -hmm. as there was, which is natural maybe because it was new last year. And it was also very true that there were more serious cases in the first and second runs mm -hmm. of COVID-19 than, than now. But it's still out there, no doubt about it. The Jackson County Health Department and the Vinton County Health Department both have vaccine clinics. You just need to check their websites or Facebooks for those times. All right, in Vinton County, uh, Red Thompson Jr. has been covering the Vinton County Commissioners as he does almost every week. And uh, he wanted to uh, report that um, they want to have a project roundtable of public officials in Vinton County. Uh, they know that a lot of federal money is available and state money is available, including the 500000 or the $500 million mm -hmm. being uh, available through the state through Governor DeWine's Appalachian program. And what they are wanting to do is to have a roundtable event of all the officials and maybe come up with one project that involves as many of those entities as possible, thinking that that would have a better chance for funding than if there were a lot of small ones, mm -hmm. because there is a lot of money available. So this meeting, to my knowledge, had not been scheduled yet, but that is one strategy that they're talking about in Vinton County, having kind of fewer projects submitted for this money, uh, where it would be something that would benefit the entire county or mm -hmm. most of it. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, a lot of interest uh, in uh, this $500 million and all this federal money coming through from COVID-19 related relief still out there. Some of it has not been awarded. And, uh, you know, here's the opportunity to maybe get some things done locally and in the county and in the region that normally would not be yeah. possible. A lot mm -hmm. of needs. All right. In last Saturday's paper, we know we yeah. talked about this before. But we had a big feature on Aaron Daly. Yeah, I think and we got a picture of Aaron Dillon. We do. We do. Uh, there we go. Aaron. Everybody knows Aaron. She was 4-H educator agent for 18, 18 years. Right. Uh, believe me, I've been around a long time. And, the, and a 4-H agent, it, it was kind of like almost a revolving door type thing. One to mm -hmm. three years and they were off to a new place or they wanted to do something else. Well, Erin stayed 18 years. She's still around, still lives in uh, the Jackson area with her family. Mm -hmm. She will remain in the Jackson area with her family. She's just down the road in Gallia County doing the same job. Yeah. And uh, we thought, we know how well she's thought of, how hard she worked when she was here in Jackson County, still yeah. cares very much about Jackson County. So that story was on the front page of our Saturday paper. It's online as well, a link through Facebook. So we, uh, you know, we invite you to take a look at that. It, she gave uh, Jeremiah Shaver a very mm -hmm. nice interview about her thoughts. It wasn't all a bed of roses either. Not only when she, when she started, she walked right into a funding situation mm -hmm. where there wasn't enough money. They had to do local fundraisers in order just to have the 4-H program. They didn't have as many people working in the office as they did before because of funding. They lost the ag agent, which, you know, they kind of worked together. Mm -hmm. And finally now... With more money coming in and more county level support, they not only have you know the full time 4-H agent, which they never lost, uh, but now they have the full time ag agent, and I believe they have more office help mm -hmm. as well. 
And uh, the new 4-H uh, educator who's been hired here in Jackson County, her name is Maddie Allman. Mm-hmm. She is from nearby Vinton County. Yeah. So a couple of local connections there. I believe working she in Jackson will County. be here on the show one day this week, too, I believe. All right. Well, that is wonderful. Uh, we will have a story on her as well, an in-depth okay. story on her uh, where you know she talks about her uh, background in 4-H, which, of course, some of that was in Vinton County, and how she feels about taking over the Jackson County 4-H agent job, about the best thing you can do to take it over right now. You've got through the fair and through Mm -hmm. the 4-H season, so you have a chance to get your feet on the ground and plan for all the things that happen in the warm weather months. Next year, you know, they'll start, you know, trying to build the 4-H program, recruiting new members, getting ready for all those summer camps, and, of course, the Jackson County Fair. All right, this will be a very busy meetings week, James. Yeah. Uh, Wellston School Board meets tonight. The Jackson City Council meets tonight. The Jackson School Board meets tomorrow night. The Jackson County Commissioners and the Vinton County Commissioners meet tomorrow. I guess one of the things we'll be looking forward to uh, will be uh, on the Jackson School Board side. They are expected to name a new school board member at Tuesday's meeting. Okay. Remember, Robert Bob Kite uh, resigned due mm-hmm. to health reasons uh, from his uh, seat in the middle of a term uh, just within the last month. And so the way the law works, it's not an election. The school board gets to appoint the person to serve through the unexpired term. And then that person, if he or she wants to run again uh, through the full term, they would have, their name would be on the ballot. So So when does that term expire? uh, It should be uh, the end of 2024. Okay. So that's quite a while. Right. Exactly. The end of 2024. Oh, no, let me see. Twenty. The end of 2023. That's because not as long. The, the seat would come up in 2023. Okay. It's a four-year term. We know there were 12 people who applied for the job, and there was two special board meetings over the Labor Day weekend where they, the board members, the current board members, the other four current board members, had a chance to discuss the uh, the. Um, applicants and then also i think they interviewed some of okay. the top ones it was kind of almost like a job interview it sounds yeah, like sure and they came to a conclusion but they stopped short of taking formal action okay and they have a regular board meeting anyway on tuesday evening and that is when they are expected to pick that person and make that news public all right uh we also uh want to uh, tell you about on the farm side a couple of real big events that occurred very recently there was the Farm Bureau, the Jackson Vinton Farm Bureau annual banquet. It was held at Parts Edge Event Center. And we had that story in our Saturday paper. I think we've got a photo, a couple of photos we, of we that, do. Dylan. We do, exactly. There we, no, I don't think that's quite, I don't think that's the right one. I believe it says VCFB. You can go ahead, Pete. Okay. He'll find it. All right. All right. Yeah, that's that's close, but that's another uh, agriculture-related event that we'll get to in just a minute. But at the Farm Bureau, uh, they have an annual meeting. They have, there, there we go. At the Parks Edge Event Center. And uh, a, a couple of things there. Um, that is Kim Harless, who is the organization senior organizational director for the Jackson Vinton Farm Bureau, also well-known in the community for other things, including being a member of the Board of Education. Mm-hmm. But uh, she kind of ran the meeting. They did some awards. They did some recognitions. They reviewed what they did for the year. Always a very nice event. Red Thompson Jr. was there to cover it. Mm-hmm. And one of the nice things they did, 
Uh, there is always a Jackson Soil and Water Conservation District banquet that's usually held in October. Of course, it's been knocked out by COVID the last couple of years. They, I don't think they're going to do a banquet this year because mm -hmm. Danny Barger, who we've had on TV before, mm -hmm. he is the district conservationist. There you see him that's on him the right picture. The bottom right, yeah. He he uh, presented one of uh, the conservation district's major annual awards to C.J. Jenkins, the Cooperator of the Year Award. And you can see uh, that recognition that uh, was at the Farm Bureau banquet, the Farm Bureau annual meeting. C.J. was recognized for uh, cooperating with the Soil and Water Conservation District on employing and executing conservation practices. And they really try to work with the farmers and landowners on how to best use the land, conserve the land, build up the soil. That's what they do, kind of behind the scenes, but very active, certainly in the farming community. So we had that coverage in our, in our Saturday paper. And then coming up in our Wednesday paper, we hope to have coverage of the Farm City Field Day. That is done by the Jackson County go. Farmers Club. And this is a picture from... Uh, the Jackson County Farmers Club, and that is our new ag agent in Jackson County, Josh Winters, uh, talking to a couple of youngsters who was at the Farm City Field Day. The Farm City Field Day this year was a little different. Uh, it was held last Thursday evening, and it involved three different locations. Uh, the Beerup Farm, the Jolly Farm, and Rumpke, and the, and the Rumpke Landfill site, all in Milton Township or Washington Township, I think, there on the northern end of the county. And uh, this is a scene uh, from uh, one of those locations. You can see pretty good attendance there. Uh, the concept of Jackson County Farmers Club and their Farm City Field Day is it gives uh, a chance for the Farmers Club, the agriculture community, to have kind of a social slash educational event, kind of a coming out where they can all get together. They can learn from each other. They take tours of these sites. They see how other, how the host farmers do business, how they make their business work. So, you know, it's kind of a networking thing. But also the idea is that folks in the city, non-farmers and public officials can attend so they can learn firsthand mm -hmm. about uh, farms and how they work right here in Jackson County. It goes way back, I believe, well, they've been doing it 61 years. Wow. So it's a real big event. They end it with a roast beef dinner. Okay. And the roast beef is cooked overnight there, so it's uh, it's fresh, it's fresh and tender. That's how that's how you do it to make it yep. to make it the best. And you mentioned Josh Winters; he will be our guest on the show on Friday, September thirtieth. Okay. All right. Okay. And of course, uh, every year, uh, every week, uh, switches James, back to the camera, Dylan. Uh, Every week, they uh, the Ohio Department of Transportation puts out uh, updates on construction projects and how they affect traffic mm -hmm. uh, in our local counties. And in Jackson County, you know, it's very busy. You can see some of the activities, some of the cones along the way, some of the sawhorses out. Mm -hmm. The state is about ready to start a major paving project that will affect most of State Route 93 in Jackson. And when you're talking State Route 93 in Jackson, you're, you're talking, talking from one much, end to the other. Pretty much the whole thing. Right. Uh, Morton Street, where it comes yep. in from Colton, all the way out to the 32 interchange there past the commercial, past the downtown area and all the way uh, through most of the commercial area, all the way to State Route 32. They did the part from State Route 32 interchange out to uh, out uh, south towards uh, and east towards uh, the towards Franklin Valley Road and Four Mile Road. 
uh, last year. So this is the bigger leg of it. And that should start anytime. It already has started the preliminary work. Mm -hmm. uh, the city has done work all summer yeah, on curb replacement yep. and handicap accessibility ramps and all like that. Some of that may still be going on, but they are supposed to pave very soon. I know they won't be paving next week during the Apple Festival there, but they can pave around it. I don't know whether they'll beat the Apple Festival this week or yeah. not. I don't think so. I think that will have to come after the Apple Festival. I know the you don't want 93 closed <laughs> during be, the Apple Festival. But anyway, there's lots of other projects there as well. Uh, also, the city of Wellston has announced that mosquito spraying will take place on September the 14th. That's during the evening hours from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. The Ohio Pest Control Incorporated will be doing this. Uh, anyone with respiratory problems should consider closing their windows and shutting off any window unit air conditioners until the fog has dissipated. I think this is going to be in what they consider the problem areas. They were not listed what they were, but uh, it could be in multiple areas of the city that they will be doing uh, this fogging to get rid of mosquitoes if rain occurs and they cannot do it because if there's rain uh it's not as effective they will put it off a week and do it on september 21st one okay. week later instead all right another big event coming up this weekend you know yeah. i know is the vinton county air show santa claus is going to be skydiving in again right and uh this is a big event for the vinton county pilots and boosters association once again it serves two purposes that are both worth worth mentioning first of all is the entertainment value they call it the largest free air show in Ohio. Yep. And this is the smallest county almost in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So that's an accomplishment. Uh, by free, and, they mean it costs $10 to park. But you got, yeah, you got to park. It's free to get in, but $10 to park. That, 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 that's, and by free, they mean it costs $10. That's, that's the sidebar. But, 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 but when you say $10 to park, it's not $10 no, it's, ahead. It's $10 a vehicle. So pack them in yep. there. Yep. I, I Clown do, cars. do not advise putting people in the trunk. But, <laughs> but you know, you know, you've got these SUVs and, uh -huh. and all, and, and you can get a lot of people in, you know, for, uh, for, uh, that a ten dollar admission. Yeah. They also have uh, what I understand is about the best barbecue chicken that you'll get. It's made on site there by the MacArthur Eagles, and so. Uh, uh, but some of the events that will be at the uh, air show this year, this is done by the Vinton County Pilots and Boosters Association. Some of the events will be um, the Emerson Stewart, Rod Lasarda, and Brett Hunter. They will be doing uh, aviation uh, stunts as pilots. There'll be a flying lawnmower flown by Roger Barnes. Uh, there will be a radio-controlled uh, air, aircraft. And there will be um, the Screaming Chicken skydiving team. So there'll Screaming be some skydiving as well. And as you said, Santa Claus will also be jumping yep. in. I think he'll have some pre-Christmas treats nice. for the kiddies. And we will have Nick Rupert on the show this Friday, September 16th, to give us even more details on it. Right, and the air show starts at 1 p.m., and uh, it is at the Vinton County Airport, which if you're not familiar, it is about six miles north of MacArthur. In this case, Airport Road, which is the main access off 93, it will close at 1 p.m. once, you know, everybody's in. Uh, access to the airport uh, can also be made from State Route 328 uh, on the eastern side, but at 1 p.m., they will close um, Airport Road to traffic, uh, you won't be able to get through until after the air show. The air show will begin at 1 p.m. Uh, everybody is invited. And, you know, I said there were two reasons to have the air show. The second is fundraiser. It takes money to run the airport. 
There isn't a lot of government money locally that is available for that. So a private group, the Vinton County Pilots and Boosters Association, working in conjunction and cooperation with the Vinton County Commissioners, they kind of run the airport and they do the air show as a big fundraiser. Yeah. That's where that parking money where that goes $10 to. goes. Right, exactly. So it goes to a good cause. And, you know, once again, so is, is the dinner... Is the dinner included or is that an extra donation? That is an extra thing. You okay. don't have to eat the chicken, but it's there. I don't know what it costs, but I have heard it bragged up up and down many the, times. And my guess is Nick Rupert can testify firsthand yes, on that as I well. I think you're right. All right. Also this weekend, uh, Bryce Wurtz uh, and the Oak Hill Marching Oaks will be busy mm-hmm. because they will be hosting and participating in the annual Oak Hill Band Show. It is the 17th annual wow. Oak Hill Band Show. It's been going for a while. There are, There is the current edition of the Marching Oaks. It will be at 7 p.m. at Davies Stadium on the Oak Hill High School campus. The gates will open at 5.30 p.m. In addition to the Marching Oaks, there will be visiting high school bands from Jackson, Benton County, Waverly, Wheelersburg, Piketon, Unioto, Minford, Paint Valley, Clay, and Federal Hawking. Talk about a night That's of awesome. band entertainment. Always love these band shows that go on because, you know, the band gets great exposure at mm-hmm. football games, but it's like, they you know. They don't get to be the star of the show. Yeah, this is the, this, they're, they're right, they're in the spotlight. It's all yeah. about them. Also, it serves as a fundraiser mm-hmm. for the band. Pre-sale tickets are now on sale for the Oak Hill Band Show. $8 for adults, $5 for students. They can be ordered online through Friday, September 16th. That's the day before the band show. They're available now at Oak Hill Stadium dot l-u-d-u-s dot com uh, so just go to the oak hill schools website i'm sure you can link up all tickets at the gate will cost ten dollars so there is an advantage to getting uh tickets in advance but nice. but there's plenty of room there uh i've covered the oak hill band show before and i tell you what they do fill up the home bleachers there i bet all right also this weekend i mean does it ever end uh, this is open to the public, too. There's going to be a retirement celebration for the Reverend Bob Davis. Okay. Bob, this is going to be at the uh, at the uh, Family Life Center of the Christ United Methodist Church, uh, and it will be uh, from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., and Bob Davis deserves this reception. He has been the director of Jackson Area Ministries for 45 years. Wow. Bob is 90 years old plus. Wow. And he basically took on the Jackson Area Ministries job after he retired from pastoring. He was a pastor before at one of the local churches. And instead of just retiring, he did this. Um, I know that a lot of what he did was volunteer. I don't know whether it all was, but a mm-hmm. lot of it was volunteer. And a lot of folks are really feel beholden to what the Reverend Bob Davis did to the general public, a lot of it behind the scenes. You know, they do a vegetable gardening seed program to allow people, particularly income-challenged people, to be able to raise their own food. You know, that makes you feel better about yourself if you yeah. if you do something like that. Helps them with their uh, food insecurities uh, and a lot of other things that the Jackson Area Ministries did, not just in Jackson County, but through the whole southeastern Ohio region. That's going to be from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. I believe there's going to be a special program where there's going to be tributes given verbally, orally, about Reverend Davis at 2.30 p.m. Okay. This is not just for jam people. This is for anybody in the community who wants to come. That's why they're having it at the Family Life okay. Center. And uh, Alex Shope did an interview with the Reverend Bob Davis, and also he talked to, uh, he had communication with a couple people who know Reverend Bob Davis mm-hmm. real well. We hope to have that story 
in one of our two papers uh, okay. this week, a, a nice feature on the Reverend Bob Davis. And the public, our readership, needs to know just what this man has done for the, mm-hmm. for the community. Also, we're going to have some coverage, we hope, in our Wednesday paper about the Apple Festival Invitational Exhibit. Yeah. It opened last Thursday it at did. the Marquette Cultural Arts Center. And James, you probably know a lot more about it than I do, but I do know that it involves a lot of local and area mm-hmm. artists. It was by invitation only, and it uh, involves a wide variety of art. Mm-hmm. Do you know, are there going to be special hours during the Apple Festival that you I know of? I do not know, but I can try to find that out, and I will report Maybe back. let them know tomorrow. Yeah. We'd like to know that, too. Normally, <clears throat> uh, they have, of course, they always have regular hours to see the displays mm-hmm. in the Marquet Gallery. But on the Apple Festival, because it's right there in the middle right. of the festival, they try to open up other days mm-hmm. and other hours so the public can come in and see the art. Yeah. So I will re- inquire about that tonight. Right. And... It's always free. It's, it is. it's free admission there to see all those uh, pieces of art. All right. Uh, speaking of the Jackson Apple Festival, uh, the Jackson Apple Festival and uh, the group that organizes it, Jaffe, the Jackson Area Festivals and Events Organization, they want to let the public know that pre-sale ride passes are on sale. They've been on sale for some time, but we're getting pretty close to the festival. So if you know you want to ride the rides or you want your child to ride the rides, your grandchild to ride the rides, it's much cheaper with the pre-sale ride passes. They cost $10 each, and they provide a major savings over buying a ticket for a ride, each ride that you may go mm-hmm. on. They're good all day, uh, and they can be purchased at the following businesses, Southern Ohio Smiles, Virgil Hamilton Nationwide Insurance, You Store It, Elizabeth Flowers and Gifts, Joan Stevenson Insurance, Nana's House, Apple City Artisans, Ohio Valley Bank, Brodekin Sporting Goods, that's in Wellston, and uh, you can also get them from Jackson Area Festivals and Events members. Okay. So that's pre-sale ride passes, $10. I believe they're good for that day only, but okay. you can ride all day. All day. For the, through the same price, $10. And it will cost you more if you do a la carte one ride at a time. All right. All right. Another event. I told you about this one. We're going to um, remind you. The Vinton County Historical and Genealogical Society will have its open house Uh at Alice's house mm-hmm. on 207 Sugar Street in MacArthur. That will be this Friday and Saturday, September 15th and 16th. No, it's Thursday and Friday, yeah, September 15th and 16th, 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. This is just an extra opportunity beyond regular hours to see that period house. Mm-hmm. When we say period house, it is an old house from yeah. the Victorian side, late 1800s, mm-hmm. and many of the furnishings and uh, items on display are from yeah, I'd never yesteryear. Heard, I'd never heard of this before. I looked it up online. It's pretty neat. I think eight, 1836, I think, is when uh, it said it well, was built. Well, it goes way back yeah. before Vinton County was even uh, officially a county. Wow. So uh, that is, once again, open to the public as well, and it is free. All right. Also, the Harvest Through a Heart Dinner. This is another good cause. The Harvest Through a Heart Dinner and auction is set for Monday after the Apple Festival. That would be September the 26th. It will be at the Family Life Center. It will uh, start at 6 p.m. Uh, with a dinner. There'll be a matchbox raffle and a live auction. Ed Henderson will do the auctioning. For a dinner and to participate in the auction, it's $20 per person and a table of six for $100 if you want to go that way. Tickets may be purchased at the Village Haircutters. Uh, also, all proceeds will benefit heart and cancer patients in Jackson County. I know that this goes back the Jackson County Heart Support Group was formed when it felt like that uh, that the money it would collect would help directly local patients. Okay. They felt that when 
the Jacks, when the Heart Fund, a national charity, nothing wrong with it now, but a lot of the money went outside. Mm -hmm. And then they decided what came back inside. The Heart Support Group was formed to help heart and now cancer patients as well, locally and directly. Every cent goes to these people who are in need. All right. All right. Uh, we also want to uh, wish our former colleague, John Pelletier, the very mm -hmm. best. John, can you believe it? He worked all those years and, re quote, retired. Yeah. Of course, he's active as ever in the community, and now he's taken on a sidelight. Yep. He is on the he is the newest member of the sales staff of Donna Summers Realty. Can you believe that? I can believe it. Right. Well, talk about a person to represent your company and be a salesman. Right. Can there be anybody better than John? Yeah, especially, he's be great at that. especially in the wealth we, area. He was up there during the Ohilco Society doing most yeah. of the announcing again. And so uh, we, we kind of teased him a little bit about it last. Uh, I guess it was Tuesday when he was in on the show. I said, John, you were just here last week and you were complaining about being all busy. And now you, it comes out, you've got this other job. He's like, well, to be a realtor, you have to pass a test. And I hadn't taken the test yet. I wasn't 100% sure that I was going to be able to pass it. Okay. I can understand if he had problems, <laughs> if he had problems, because I tell you what, there must be a lot of crammed into his brain because yeah. he does so much. True that. But uh, just a real community-minded person. I know Donna Summers of Donna Summers Realty, uh, just thrilled to have John there. And I know a lot of potential uh, buyers and sellers uh, would be very comfortable dealing with John. I believe it. All right. Well, we will go to sports. Friday night football. Friday night football. And James, we want to thank you for uh, helping the telegram out and being on hand uh, to help us cover the Jackson Western Brown game. Here is the scoreboard. What a game Friday that night. was. It was. It was. The Ironmen did win a little bit of an upset, I think, 41 to 35 over highly touted Western Brown yeah. and their All-American quarterback, uh, Drew Novak. Yeah, I was kind of joking. He threw a couple interceptions, and I was kind of jokingly saying, like, oh, the kid's not that impressive. And then he just 60-yard touched like three in a row. <laughs> yeah, three long, three long <laughs> touchdown plays. He did have two interceptions and a fumble. But, you know, yesterday the Bengals had a bad game. Yeah. Joe Burrow had four interceptions. It happens to the best of you. It's true. And I heard some commentators after the Bengals game say that Tom Brady had four interceptions before. Well, so, you know, it, it happens. Well, you know, well, if you're, you're playing against pros, if, too. If you look at, like, the quarterbacks that have, like, the most interceptions of all time, mm -hmm. it's, like, the best quarterbacks. It's, like, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Tom Brady. Like, those are the guys that have thrown the most interceptions because they've thrown the most passes. Yeah, right. But, yeah, well, what happens? The, the guys on the other side of the line are trying to. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, but in that game, we'll do that first. The Jackson over Western Brown that made Jackson two and two. Uh, everybody who is an Ironman fan knows what the script has been: two heartbreaking losses mm -hmm. to two very good teams. Mm -hmm. And in Western Brown, we thought uh, our broadcast crew did that Western Brown may be the best of the, the four best teams. Of the, that's yeah. saying something. And they have Mr. Novak at quarterback. Mm -hmm. But the Ironmen won that game late. They turned to their running game late in the game, was able to score the go-ahead touchdown. But Western Brown had uh, six minutes to go, and Mr. Novak had about 60 yards to go. Mm -hmm. And the defense made a key stop at the 32-yard line. He tried to run for a first down when they needed four yards. He got yeah. three and a half. And so Jackson got the ball. The game still wasn't over, but they were able to run the ball yeah. and run out the clock. Yep. I'm, I'm not sure I've ever seen a happier coach and a happier team after that game talk yeah. about getting uh, the weight of the world off their mm -hmm. shoulders. And we have that uh, the coach's post-game interview on the WKOV Facebook page if anybody wants to check that out. All right. Well, Coach Hall always is very gracious. 
to come up and talk with our broadcast crew, no matter what happens, win or lose, uh, uh, happiness or heartbreak. And mm -hmm. I know he gave a good interview there. And so that's worth a listen, especially with what the outcome was. Other scores, uh, the Vinton County Vikings won their second game in a row. They defeated the Megs Marauders at home 42-6. to six. That's the second impressive win yeah. for the Vikings and Coach T.J. Carper. So it looks like they've found themselves and they got their momentum going there 2-2 two and two now. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so, so uh, we had coverage from there. We've got, uh, we've got pictures coming from uh, Red Thompson Jr. there. Uh, so um, that, was a, uh, that was a big win for the Vikings. Mm -hmm. uh, on the loss side, uh, the Oak Hill Oaks lost to Soda Northwest 19-7. That game was on the road. The Oaks are now 1-3. and three, And the Wellston Golden Rockets had to go on the road to play a very good team. Uh, in Soda County, uh, Portsmouth West, they lost that game 40 Tough season to so far for Wilson. It is, but remember, it's a young team. And, of course, you know, a couple coaching changes late in the game makes it very challenging. But, yeah. you know, those kids, I'm sure, are doing yeah. their best. One other score that caught my eye uh, of local interest, Alexander whooped Athens 30 to nothing. Big rivalry game down in Athens County. Right. That was a little surprising. You yeah. know, Athens is one of the larger schools in the TVC Ohio. Alexander, one of the smallest. And so for Alexander to win and win by that score, mm -hmm. I mean, it was definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely uh, an attention getter as, as well there. But uh, this coming week, um, James, will have um, – We'll have uh, all of our team, local teams in action again. Jackson will be traveling to Wheelersburg. And guess what? That is another, another tough assignment. Yeah. Wheelersburg has only lost one game, and that was to Ironton. And their coach was quoted after the game saying he thought Wheelersburg was better than Ironton. They just didn't beat them. So we'll see what happens down there. Crazy. The Vikings will go to Athens, by the way, uh, for their next game on Friday. Yeah. Uh, Oak Hill will be at home against Nelsonville, York in a non-league game. Okay. And the Wellston Golden Rockets will be back home, and they'll be playing that Albany-Alexander team. It's going to be a, another tough week for uh, the Golden Rockets, I'm right. afraid. It, it'll be a challenge for yeah. sure. So we will see A titanic what, struggle, as Marty Brenneman would say. Yeah, yeah, it usually is. So <laughs> these games usually are, are entertaining, but someone's always got to win. Somebody's always got to lose. But no matter what, uh, Jackson County Broadcasting will be there to give you live yep. coverage. The Telegram writers will follow that up with – uh, more in-depth coverage uh, with our game write-ups. Yes, sir. All right. Well, very good. Well, thank well, you, Pete. We made it through again. We made it through. Made we it did through it. somehow. We went more than a week without yeah. Jennifer. How did we do that? I don't know. I'm glad she's coming back. I'm though. glad she's coming back. I hope she's coming back. I, I well, I, I hope she's not having too good of a time. I hope, she, uh, I hope she's not having too good of a time. She stole my idea and went down to North Carolina. For Is a that week. what she did? All right. Well, yeah. good for her. She yep. deserved it. Yes, she did. Well, everyone, thank you so much for watching. Thanks to Pete Wilson and Jeremiah Schaefer for coming in here and sharing all the news that's fit the print. Uh, thanks to Dylan for pushing the buttons today. And Jennifer will be back tomorrow with hopefully Oak Hill Superintendent Jason Mantell. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Have a great day.